Uh, it's good to be together. We're going to look at uh, probably the most popular verse ever in the Bible, John 3.16. So if you have a Bible, you can turn there. Um, and I'm going to give you a few things to write down if you want to take some notes and look at that. And I realize that a lot of you came here to watch kids and not listen to a sermon, but I'm glad you're here anyway. So we'll just spend a few minutes in God's Word, and then we'll watch the kids have a great time in the Happy Birthday Jesus uh, party. But I know we're going to have a, an important look at God's Word uh, together tonight. I made a sign, and you've probably seen this sign before, um, probably at a football game, right? It's behind the goalposts usually. And back in the 70s, if you remember, there was a guy with like a rainbow wig that would hold up this sign and just, you know, uh, just whenever the field goal was kicked or an extra point was kicked. And I was always thinking, how could I get that job, right? Those are great seats. And all I would have to do is just kind of lift up my sign and at the different times of the game. But no, chance, no doubt you've seen this on, on many sporting events, a, a sign very similar to this. And, and it comes from the most popular verse in the New Testament, John 3.16. And that's what I'd like to look at tonight and kind of dive a little deeper. Hopefully, it'll speak to you because sometimes when we have a verse that's so familiar, and if you grew up in church, you already know this verse. You don't even have to turn in your Bibles because you could recite it. It's probably the first verse you ever learned. But how do we take something so familiar and really realize the power of it? Because John 3.16 is more than a sign. It is the gospel message. It is the good news. I wrote a book um, that came out last year. It's called Simple Bible. Some of you had it. If you're here for the first time, we have a copy for you in the lobby. And I actually wrote it over the last few years because my, um, my sons would share their faith with someone and tell them that God loved them. And they would be like, no, God doesn't love me. There's no way God could love me. And it wasn't just like that would happen one time. That happened over and over and over again. This idea that, no, there's no way that God could love me. There's no way that, that, that he even knows my name. And so I began to write this book, and because the Bible is, is very clear about this, from Genesis to Revelation and everywhere in between, in every book of the Bible, God says, I love you. Uh, I mean, you, you just, you see it throughout the Bible. And so that's, I took one verse from every book of the Bible, and I talked about God's love for us. And, and it was a labor of love as I wrote it, and if we were honest, and maybe we wouldn't say it as bluntly as a teenager might say it, but there's probably been times in our life that we wondered, I wonder if God does love me. I wonder if he really knows who I am. You know, I, I wonder if, if, if this truth that we hear about, John 3.16, for God's love of the world, I wonder if it's even true. And, and I just want to let you know it is true. And any thought that tells you it's not true doesn't come from God. Because God loves you. He loves everyone. John 3.16. Let's look at it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Like I said, for some of you, you probably could have said that uh, with me tonight, even without a uh, thing on a screen or a Bible in front of you. But John is writing his gospel to tell us who Jesus is and why he comes. And in this verse... He tells us that Jesus loves the world. 
that Jesus loves everyone. It couldn't be more clear than John 3.16. When the angels came to the shepherds on the night that Jesus was born, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. This is good news to everybody, to the world, to all people. That's what God is saying. Look, this is really good news. I love you. I have come for you. The next verse after John 3.16 is John 3.17, and it says this, For God did not send his Son to the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So again, John is telling us why Jesus came, that Jesus came in the flesh. John tells us that in John chapter 1, that Jesus came in the flesh. He came at Christmas, and he didn't come to the world to condemn the world. He actually came to the world to save the world. That Jesus did not come to this earth at Christmas to tell you how bad you are. He came to save you from this sinful world, from this broken world. He came to be our Savior. God wants to save you. That's why Jesus came. And believing in Jesus leads to eternal life. That's what John 3.16 tells us. And it's so simple, but it's so profound. There's three things that we learn about love in John 3.16, and I'm going to give those to you tonight. You can write them down if you want to. But this is God's love for you, and I want you to hold on to what God says in his word and, and realize what he's done for you. But it's also for all of our relationships, this idea of love. Because not only are we called to love God, we're called to love one another just as he has loved us. And so what did God do to us and, uh, with love, and, and what are we to do to one another? So you can write these down if you want to. But the first thing we learn from John 3.16 is that love is shown through giving. The love is shown through giving. It's important to realize that God is a giver. From the very moment the Bible opens, there's creation, and he gives us good things in the beginning and throughout our lives that, that he gave his one and only son and every good and perfect gift and all those different things that God is a giver. A lot of people think of God as a taker, that he wants this from me or he wants that from me, but the reality is that God is a giver and love is shown through giving. I'm going to give you a number of Bible verses tonight, and so if you want to maybe take a picture of the screen or write them down, you can, but let me give them to you here. Romans 8.32. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So God's a giver. And he says, if I've given you my one and only son, how am I not going to give you everything else that you need? That's just the heart of God. And in James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good, and, uh, good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father. So every good and perfect gift is coming from God. God is a giver. I like this uh, quote from Rick Warren. It says this, uh, You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. I want you to think about that for just a moment. You can give something, right, out of obligation because somebody gave you a gift or you feel like you should give them a gift. So you can, you can give without any love, but you can't love somebody and not give to them. There's something about love that presses us to give. 
And so I just encourage you to realize that God loves you so much, he gave his one and only son. And that's true for our relationship as well. Maybe that's why at Christmas time, the, the giving of gifts, and, and sometimes it can become stressful, and I understand that, but sometimes that's so important. You know, that's why the joy in the kid's face tonight, they have a whole table wrapped with presents that the kids are going to get tonight. That's a pretty good birthday party, isn't it? Like, you go to a birthday party, and instead of giving gifts, you get gifts. That's a pretty good party. But again, it's a picture of what God is, what Jesus is, and they'll talk to the kids about that tonight, that he gives us good gifts gifts. And so you can't love without giving. You love your kids. I, I know you do. I mean, you wouldn't be here if you didn't love your kids, if you didn't love your grandkids, if you didn't love your nieces and your nephews. There's something about the kids that, that you just love them, and you'd do anything for him. And when you think about your kids, think about our Heavenly Father who gave his one and only son. He loved you that much to willingly sacrifice his son and I, I think about that, that, that God gives himself up for me, that God loves me so much that he's willing to give himself for me. It says in John chapter 15, verse 13, on the last night of Jesus' life, he says this, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. That's the picture of God, the ultimate gift, giving everything for you and me. So can I say this? Would you just listen to me for just a moment? Will you let God love you? He does. He loves you. He loves everyone. Will you let him love you? Will you let him give you the good and gifts that he has for you? Will you accept his gift of Jesus? The reality is, is you can't make anyone love you. We, we kind of know that from life, right? You can't make someone else love you. And we were created with a free will to do whatever we want. And, and so God can't make you love him. That's not how this is designed. But he wants you to love him. And he's given you uh, every reason to love him. And he's given us the perfect gift in Jesus. So love is shown through, through giving. But secondly, love is shown through sacrifice. Love is shown through sacrifice. So it's, it's giving, yes, but it's, it's even more than giving. Because in Jesus' case, in God's case, it was the ultimate gift. It was the ultimate sacrifice. And when he gives himself, he came to earth. God came in the flesh, in Jesus, and he says, I'm going to become like you so that you can become like me. And that's powerful. Like he sacrificed his glory. He sacrificed his power. He sacrificed everything to become like you and me. And then he shows throughout his life that sacrificial love. You saw a couple of the things in the video that we just watched, but different things throughout the Gospels that Jesus did. He left the 99 to go after one. That's the heart of God. He loves everybody. No one's too far away. No one's out of bounds. No one has just turned their back and then he won't love them. No, he, he will leave everything else to go after the one. He would, he would touch the lepers that were the outcasts. Uh, he, would, he would find a, a little man, Zacchaeus, in a tree and say, no, I have, I have to go to your house today, Zacchaeus. He, he met a woman at the well. There was no one that Jesus didn't love. There was no one that he didn't go after. There's no one that he didn't sacrifice for. And, and when uh, Jesus went and, and met with the woman at the well, she was so transformed. She went back, she told her whole village uh, about Jesus, and then they come back and they say this in John chapter 4, 
Verse 42, then they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. I love that because those were Samaritans and, and, and Jesus didn't just come for one group of people. He came for everyone. He came for a sinful woman at the well. He, he came for you. He came for me. He came for everyone and he sacrificed himself. And love is a sacrifice. The third thing is love is shown through actions. Love is shown through actions. When I was thinking about this, I immediately thought of a DC talk song, Love is a Verb. So probably everybody that's in their 30s or 40s is probably singing that in their head now. Love is a verb. You know, but, um, but that idea of love requires action. I can't just say I love someone. I, I can't just give them a gift every now and then. Uh, I, have to, I have to actively love them. In a marriage, you can't just make your vow and then walk away and, and never do anything, right? Love is shown through service. Love is shown through action, and it's, and it's faithful action as well. It's a, it's a daily giving myself to the other person, and love is shown through action. In fact, this is everything that God does. It, it, it's, it's not just what he does, it's who he is. It's not just one of his attributes, it's his very character and essence. It says in 1 John 4, 8, God is love. He's the one that is actively loving us every single day, watching out for us, taking care of us. That's what God is doing for us. It's not a feeling, it's something we do. So don't just say, well, I don't, I don't know if I feel it today. No, love requires action. It's giving, it's sacrificing on a daily basis. Now, here's the truth. You won't find true love in this world because it's not there. The world can try to uh, show you love or, or tell you that it loves you or it may try to get your love, but when you think about the world, the world offers this lesser type of love, this conditional love, where God's love is unconditional. You know, it, it offers us this love that can come or go, but God gives us a love that is so solid, such a solid foundation that we can just rest our entire life on. But you'll never find that in this world. You'll never find it anywhere else. There's, it's conditional, and, and you know, it's not the love that we need because we all crave that love, right? We crave that love that, that we know that no matter what, we are loved, that God has taken care of us, that he loves us, and you can't find it in this world. And what I find so funny is that the world is always competing for our love, right? It always says, love me, love me, love me, and, and yet it never loves us back. There's so many things that try to grab our heart from this world, but the things of this world will never satisfy. So that's why when we hear God say, look, I love you with an everlasting love. I'll never let you go. I am with you today and forever. There's nothing that can separate you from my love. That's the kind of love that I want to embrace. That's the kind of love I want to live for. That's the type of love that God demonstrates. In Romans 5, 8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That even when I didn't know him, even when I hated him, even when I wasn't even born, he still loved me. He knew I was coming. He loved me, and he gave himself for me. 
God's loving kindness isn't an empty statement. It is something that Jesus proved by going to the cross for you and me. And Jesus gave and sacrificed all for us. So go back to the verse, John 3.16. And there's a few things in there. He says, whosoever believes in me. That's all of us, right? We're, I'm a whosoever, you're a whosoever. Whoever, whosoever believes. And that's what Jesus is calling us tonight. Be a believer. Don't think that, that it doesn't apply to you. Don't think that, that God will ever forget about you. Don't think about anything that could separate you from his love. Just say, okay, God, I am a whosoever, and I believe in you. His love comforts, encourage, encourages uh, even though I'm sinful, even though I make mistakes, even though I mess up, he died for me. And it's amazing to think that God loves me, that he knows me, and, and he's taken care of everything in this relationship. And he says, look, I just want you to believe in me. I paid the penalty. I paid the debt that you owed for your sin. And, and all you have to do is accept my love. I love the verse, John 3, 16, right? I mean, it's just all right there. Whoever believes in me will never perish but have everlasting life. That's what Jesus is saying. So what's our response to God? The three things, you can write them down. The three things we talked about, our response to God should be give, sacrifice, and action. That how do we respond to the love of God? Well, we, we give our heart to him. That's all God ever wanted. He, was want, he just wants your heart, and so we give our heart to him. We sacrifice. We say like Jesus did, you know what? Not my will, but thine be done. Whatever you want, God. It's not my way anymore, it's your way. And so I sacrifice my will for his. And then the action is I live out my faith. It's not a one-day thing or a one-time thing. It's, a, it's an everyday thing that I live for God, that it wasn't just one time I raised my hand in church or I say a prayer or I come at Christmas. I, no, it's that every day I say, okay, God, you loved me with an everlasting love. I'm going to love you right back. And for, in fact, it says in 1 John 4, 19, we love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. We're not initiating this relationship. He started it. It began back in the book of Genesis, and it will go all the way through the book of Revelation, and when he returns, this love, it'll never stop. It'll never die, and he's pursuing you with his love, and he's saying, I want you just to believe in me. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me across the sanctuary tonight? And I want to pray with you. I just want to give you this opportunity to respond to the love of God. From a sign that you've seen at countless football games, if you think there's a game on tonight, I know there'll be games on tomorrow, you'll, you'll probably see that John 3.16 sign. My hope is that every time you see that sign now, it reminds you of how much God loves you and that he's calling you to himself that he gave and sacrificed and continually does that for you, and he's asking you to do the same, to give your heart to him, to sacrifice your life for his life, and that you would live with him. Lord, we offer ourselves to you tonight. God, we realize how much you loved us. God, you, we just we love our kids so much. And it was so much fun watching them. 
and we would do anything for them. And yet, Jesus, you gave your one and only son for us, who died on a cross for our sin, who loves us unconditionally and forever, and there's nothing that will separate us from that love. God, we believe tonight in you. Jesus, we believe in you. We believe that you came and that you died and that you rose again and that you're coming again. And God, we lay our lives down. We give you our hearts and we believe in you because you said if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, we will be saved. So we confess tonight with our mouth that you are Lord, that you are our Savior. That's why you came. You didn't come to this earth to tell us how bad we were. You came to rescue us. And so, God, I pray that we would find your love, that we would hold on to that love, that we wouldn't love the things of this world, that we wouldn't stray from you, but, Jesus, that we would draw near to you during this season. God, that we would remind ourselves of just how much you loved us, and, God, that we would live out our life for your glory. And, God, thank you that we can enjoy you today, and we can enjoy you forever. And, God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth of your word, and I pray that the simple verses of your word wouldn't just become casual, but that we would hold on to them, that you love the world, that you loved us, that you left everything for us. And so, Lord, tonight we believe in you fresh and new, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.